Welcome back. TNHoller.com is where you can find us at the TN Holler. We also have hollers all across the state, and that's all thanks to your support. We really do appreciate it. Make it 10 bucks or more a month, and you get one of these sweet hats. We just got a whole new shipment in. If you're going to buy or sell a house here in Tennessee, do it through Elisa Parker. That's a way to support us, support her to support us. Today, we're going to talk to our friend Afton Bain about the elections that happened last night. Afton, how are you doing? I'm all right. I, uh, I pulled almost an all-nighter last night. I was on Twitter until about 1.30 a.m. and thought, you know, I, I need to go to bed. And it wasn't even the Tennessee primary, Justin. You I know. You just... Twitter all night. I'm always looking at your feed on nights like that because it's there are always these elections throughout the state that I didn't even know were happening. You make me realize we're way more important than most people realized. So let's talk about a few of those. First, I want to let you know that I'm going to a Justin Bieber concert tonight. I'm probably <laughs> more I'm more excited about that than my own daughter is probably. Oh, I'm, 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 I, yes, I want to get I'm, that out of the way. Uh, all right. So last night's elections, obviously the first one that everybody was excited about on both sides of the aisle, frankly, I think was clown Madison Cawthorn going down. I'm not going to say I'm torn about it. I obviously am thrilled about it, but the way that it happened where they basically used homophobia against him, you know, because he came out and talked about the Coke orgies. I had a little bit of a mixed feeling about celebrating the way that that went down. How did you feel about it? I I think what's important to note is that top Republicans in the state of North Carolina. So we're we're talking about um, the North Carolina 11th where Madison Cawthorn was the uh, sitting representative. Um, Right now, Chuck Edwards is about 1,300 votes ahead, um, but it looks like it's been called in his favor. But what I think is interesting to note is that uh, the Republican leaders in the state of North Carolina coalesced, like they didn't just vocally denounce Cawthorn, they actually coalesced. They identified one candidate, rallied against him, funded him. Uh, and he ended up beating uh, Madison Cawthorn, who had a lot of name recognition. So they're going to play dirty tactics, right? But I think it's important to note that there weren't a lot of factions within uh, their support. Okay. And do we know anything about the guy that beat him? Was that is he obviously probably pretty terrible? I, I don't know if he can be as terrible as Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, so we'll we'll go ahead and call that a win for you know humanity on some level. Uh, The next one that I think there was a a, a big reaction to, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania secured the Democratic nomination. A bit of an upset in a way. This was the endorsements that Connor Lamb had, a lot of endorsements from a lot of super PACs and people with a lot of money. And then this was Fetterman, not as many. You know, he's a seemingly blue collar guy, tattoos, wears hoodies, basketball shorts. And I think as we both talked about on Twitter last night, did a couple of things that made sense. He did a rural tour. He campaigned pretty hard in rural areas, which I, I'm betting that Connor Lamb did too. Um, and he also centered marijuana in his campaign. And, you know, those two things, talking to rural voters, centering marijuana, you had a a tweet, say it with me, workers, wages, weed. Uh, is that what you think the secret to success is here in Tennessee also? Yeah, I mean, I want to go back to why Pennsylvania is so important in terms of uh, 2024. But before we get there, yeah, this Fetterman race, most importantly, he had a lot of name ID because he ran as a statewide candidate. As you mentioned, Connor Lamb was probably campaigning in these rural counties. But I think what's what's important to note about Fetterman is that he has this cross-coalition appeal. And so I think what's happening is that when he's going to these areas, because he has high name ID, because he already ran on a statewide ticket, he's 
building a bigger and broader coalition of voters within Pennsylvania, which is why I think, you know, he'll be able to secure the nod. I also think he's, you know, running a really progressive platform. There's still some progressive uh, policies that we could push him on as progressives in Pennsylvania. I'm sure those groups are doing it. Like what? Because I've seen people say that, but I'm not sure. Where is he coming up short? He recently voiced opposition to Biden appealing, uh, I believe, Title 42, an immigration policy, which I think is interesting because his wife is actually a Brazilian immigrant, grew up undocumented. And so I think we're going to see immigration play out in this race a lot. And I think he's going to have to have a really tighter idea um, and vision for what immigration reform looks like in Pennsylvania and the, and the country. I've seen people say this, and I want to at least acknowledge it, uh, that Fetterman has this incident when he was mayor where you know, he heard some, what he thought were shots in his neighborhood, called the cops and chased down a black jogger who was an unarmed black jogger and pulled out a shotgun to hold the jogger there while the police showed up. The jogger was innocent, turned out to have nothing to do with it. Not a good moment. And, you know, some were thinking that this was going to really cost him, especially in black areas. We don't know right now, as we sit here, what the racial breakdown of the votes were in Pennsylvania. But I think it's important to at least mention that, especially since, as you said, in these instances, what's really important is how they respond to it. Is there a reconciliation? Is he apologizing? Is he owning it? Not that it's up to either you or I to decide how, you know, the Black community ultimately will feel about this in a general election, but it, it has to at least matter what the response is in the wake of it. And we also need to talk about it because if a Republican candidate had done this, we would certainly be talking about it even now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Malcolm Kenyatta, who was a state representative elected person of color, um, lost, came in third last night, but he did publicly uh, say, I, you know, I'm throwing all my weight behind Fetterman, but I, yes. I do agree that they're, um, Republicans are going to use this to their advantage. They're going to try to peel off Black voters with you know, a montage of this image over the course of the next few months. And I think it's really, Fetterman's going to have to step into that space and really own it and take accountability in a really public manner. Lamb has also thrown his weight behind Fetterman saying, rightly, that our entire democracy is on the line in November. Dems need to be unequivocally united in defense of democracy, and we will be. John's vote in the Senate is essential. He'll have my votes in November and I'll do everything I can to help. So that's Lamb coalescing behind Fetterman. And I actually saw Lamb when he came to Tennessee and was actually really impressed with the guy. So beating a guy like Lamb as soundly as Fetterman did, I think really speaks to how strong a candidate he is. Now let's talk about the other side. Obviously, kind of a mess. Recount situation, hedge fund boss, and Dr. Oz. Uh, what do we know about what's going on there in Pennsylvania on the Republican side? Whew, man, race to the bottom. So there's uh, less than uh, the margin is about less than 2000 votes with 95% of the precincts reporting. So it looks like it, it will go to a recount. Right. Um, you know, this race, there's been tons of money poured in. Uh, Trump endorsed Dr. Oz earlier than later. Um, but what I thought was interesting is the Republican Party um, there was a third kind of renegade candidate named K Kathy Barnett who was gaining ground. And she was the one that was at the insurrection, right? <laughs> yeah. She's a black woman who was at the insurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can you can definitely pull the footage from her uh, yeah. walking to the Capitol. Freeway primary, we saw this in Ohio. As there are factions within the Democratic Party, there are factions within the Republican Party. And it'll be interesting. Crazy, crazier, and craziest. <laughs> yeah. I do think there are some moderate Republicans. Oh, you are, do? Oh, good. 
they're really recon recognizing and um, acknowledging what the party has become. Yeah. So Dr. Oz, let's see if he pulls through. I would love to see a Dr. Oz, John Fetterman matchup. I think yeah. it's also important to note that like Trump, um, who Trump was in, you know, the living rooms of people as he was on TV. Dr. Oz has been in the living rooms of households in Pennsylvania for a long time. So he also has really high name ID. So it's going to be, it's going to be lock and lock. There's going to be a ton of money spent. Pennsylvania, they have a Senate race um, and they have a gubernatorial race, which is yeah. crucial because the governor nominates the secretary of state. And so as we saw in terms of mitigating against the risk of election issues or, you know, potential decries of, of fraud um, in 2024, it is critical that Democrats show up in these states and, and vote not only for um, John Fetterman um, to secure, you know, important position in the Senate, but also for the gubernatorial candidate, Josh Shapiro, because uh, our, our election and presidency will be on the line. Just to add some context to that, we're seeing all throughout the country, Republicans who did the right thing are being replaced by Trump loyalists at the top of election processes. So, for instance, there's a guy named Ken Mata who just resigned in Arizona and wrote this entire screed about how he's had to carry a gun with him wherever he went. And, you know, basically life has gotten too dangerous as the head of elections in Arizona and so you're going to have a Trump loyalist put at the top there. In Florida, DeSantis has just appointed a guy whose wife has said the Civil War is coming. And he and his wife were pictured on a boat with a QAnon flag in charge of elections in Florida. One by one, even as Democrats control the White House, the House and the Senate, the state level election administrators who are loyal to Trump, who believe the election was stolen or say they believe it and will clearly not certify willingly next time are now taking positions. So yeah. that's why these gubernatorial races are so important. Yeah. And that's why everybody should be extremely alarmed about where things are headed in this country. Yeah. The one race I was excited about in Pennsylvania was uh, the 12th congressional district. Emblematic of so many different themes right now that we're seeing in the progressive political world. So in this race, you had Summer Lee, um, who was an elected uh, representative in the Pennsylvania State Legislature, black woman, uh, a lawyer, you know, an organizer versus Steve Irwin, who was a former Republican staffer. This was a head to head of what we're seeing in terms of the faction within the Democratic Party. You had conservative Democratic PACs like APAC uh, and DMFI, the Democratic Majority for Israel, spend Boku bucks. I mean, in summer alone, they spent $3.3 million against her running really negative ads. What's shocking to me is that this isn't just Summer Lee's race. This happened to Erica Smith and NCO1. This happened to Attica Scott and KYO3. What we're seeing is this conservative faction of the Democratic Party is really scared of progressive Black women taking the lead, which is why Summer Lee's race is so important. Not only we add a new member to the squad, but she's the progressive Black woman that um, survived this onslaught. Are you getting a general sense that progressivism is picking up steam in this country? You know, I think in terms of the money pot that is being, that we're, in terms of we're being outspent is just, it's significant. But I'm really excited about, you know, the Summer Lee race. I, you did mention the Oregon 5th, which when I was at previously at Indivisible, um, Kurt Schrader, Representative Kurt Schrader was in the Blue Dog Democrats coalition. And not just that, like, it's not Blue Dog Democrats. They're like, they're far right Democrats in terms of they're not voting for Biden's seminal pieces of legislation. You know, as Biden was trying to negotiate drug prices, it was really these conservative Dems in the House that were pulling out the most progressive pieces of Biden's 
um, big package uh, ticket items. So, right. and, and, and it's I think it's really important to hit that point because progressives have been playing ball with Biden and right. you know voting supporting his agenda and you know compromising, and it's actually the quote unquote centrist Democrats that have been holding up this quote unquote centrist president's agenda. And then, you know, they say, oh, the progressives are the radicals. Well, that defies what we're seeing with our very own eyes. So, you know, getting more and more of these voices up there, I think is really important to make those points. This was Summer Lee last night. energy and clear message and uncompromising, you know, in terms of her goals and what she stands for, authenticity wins, energy wins, clear messaging wins. And that's why when you say workers wages, we, that really resonates with me. And I hope more people do that around here in Tennessee. Medicaid expansion. I've knocked thousands of doors in Tennessee. No one knows what that is. Right. You really need to talk about it in terms of how this is going to affect your, your constituents' pocketbooks really unpack it so what i would really like democrats to focus on is debt we tennessee you know ranks incredibly high for medical debt like talk about debt right. and rural hospitals closing but in a way that's like hey what are the solution oriented policy platforms that i can create to connect those dots candidates should be campaigning in rural communities they should be showing up as their authentic selves whatever that looks like yeah um and at ruralorganizing.org in my current job we talk about high visibility tactics so you know like what are the you know when i showed up in a wig in rural tennessee you know pretending to bring antoinette that was memorable and people right. you know i had fun with it I think also narrowing your platform to really speak in platitudes. I think Bernie Sanders excels at this, but with workers' wages, weed at the forefront. And then I think it's also important to note that we're seeing this new crypto billionaires and billionaires in general just buying elections outright. We saw that with yeah. Peter Thiel uh, and JD Vance. We're seeing that um, with the Club for Growth and buying out these candidates. And so um, it's just, you know, I more and more we need campaign finance reform. But until yeah. then, like we're going to be you know, continuing to see billionaires buying our elections. I just want to mention this vote that Blackburn and Haggerty took against aid to Ukraine. There was a bipartisan 8111 vote and they both didn't mention it. After when these things happen here, like I don't see any local media even talk about it. Isn't that a big part of our problem that we just don't talk enough about these bad votes that are cast by these people? It's excruciating because I think in more in states like Pennsylvania and Ohio, where you know they're considered battlegrounds, there's money flowing in and out constantly. There's much more accountability for these representatives. And I also want to note that Tennessee is one of the least pro-constituent, pro-voter states in terms of we do not vote for our attorney general. We do not vote for our secretary of state. Right. Our state legislature has prevented us from ballot initiatives, from statewide ballot initiatives where we could pass really popular policies. Additionally, they have removed the ability for our governor to sign anything in the law via executive action. So we are looking at a state where our rights have been whittled down to basically nothing. So yeah, I'm not surprised that there's no accountability because we there's very little power that we have to exert. And on that note, this past session, a very far right Republican state legislator named Bruce Griffey wanted to put on the ballot just a question about medical marijuana because he knows how popular it is. All he wanted to do was ask, would you support this? Nothing binding, not a law, just a question on the ballot about medical marijuana. He's a judge, a Trump-supporting judge, a very extreme dude, 
and it was killed by Republicans because they don't want to know what the people really want. So you're exactly right. The people's voice has been diminished nowhere more than in Tennessee, not letting ballot initiatives, not listening to what we have to say, not electing the positions that you mentioned. And if you are pro-democracy, it's hard to imagine why you would be supporting these people. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And so I think in a state like Tennessee, I mean, we, ha we have to start locally. You have to build the Democratic brand back up from the ground um, because we're not going to win a statewide race for another decade. Uh, and unless people start doing the work and I, I come on your show every time I come on your show, I'm like, you've got to step up. You know, we yeah. can't you and I can't be doing this. I mean, you know, maybe for I'll speak for myself, but I can't be doing this for another decade. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you better be, though. We do have baby formula shortage. The root causes of this are a couple of things. One is, obviously, there was a, a recall at an Abbott facility. There was a bacterial infection that killed a few babies. And they had there was a recall. And because so few companies make such a huge percentage of the formula in this country, so monopolization, corporate centralization, when something like that happens, it cripples us. Anti-trust, anti-monopolization, these issues have to be centered. And it is something actually Biden has talked about, but these are the kind of things that Republicans are against. This also goes back to Trump's trade policies. Raised tariffs on importing goods are a big reason why we haven't been able to get formula from places like Canada. We will post and we have posted links about these issues. That's where this starts. The other part of this is he's getting knocked for sending formula to the border to take care of migrant children, infants. And that's a policy that goes back 25 years that administrations have been following, you know, one after another, Republicans and Democrats. And at the end of the day, it's also the right thing to do. So, you know, not to say that it's only because of policy reasons, but also if you're upset that infants are getting formula because they're not born here or they're not white, like that's a gross thing. And I appreciate that everybody's telling on themselves, especially Marsha Blackburn. So, you know, the question becomes, what is Biden going to do? And that's a fair question. And, you know, the sooner the better. And it should be treated like an emergency. You know, I have faith that they actually are doing that. This has been a long time coming and it, it reveals a lot of problems in our system that actually Democrats have been trying to do more to impact than Republicans. It just misses the point entirely. And all you're doing is swallowing the Fox News garbage after what do you That's a hundred percent. And I and I will say folks may have seen that I went to the White House last week. Biden announced that low income families now get uh thirty dollars toward their internet bill. It's getinternet.gov, right? And I was sitting in the audience in the Rose Garden watching President Biden really like I felt like he really cared about American families, working American families and low income families in, in the United States. And I've never felt that way before. I think he really hears what's happening. He's trying to address it. He's nominated uh, anti-monopoly, anti-corporate consolidation advocates at these federal agencies. He's trying to pass legislation. He's trying to do it. And as Justin said, the quick and easy is to scapegoat immigrants and to be upset and to blame Biden. And I really what I want to do Justin, I'm sure you've seen those stickers with Biden um, pointing. I did that at gas stations. Yeah. I want to print out a sticker with the um, that says, you know, the the average CEO income of Exxon and and Shell, and say, you know, big big oil did that. It's really these giant, massive monopolies that are not paying their fair share in tax.
taxes that are messing with the supply chain and hurting working American families. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, the stickers like the ones you're talking about are good ideas and billboards work. And these are things that Democrats don't do enough of. The solutions are always more complicated than the problem, but also because they're just not as in lockstep with one another. Listen, I'm a progressive. I endorse Bernie Sanders. There are lots of things that Biden needs to be doing. But what I have seen in terms of building rural infrastructure, trying to consolidate support in a way that actually seeps down to the American people and some of the most rural and and isolated communities in our country. Uh, He's doing that. I'm asking you to dig a little deeper um, as to why this is happening and to really question. And, you know, at its core, it's it's our system. It's capitalism. His heart is at least in the right place. And I'm confident that they're doing all they can right now. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, two things. I mean, the Tennessee primary is in August. So please, 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 uh, you know, check your voter registration. Uh, look who's on the ballot. And the last thing I'll say is Biden released more COVID tests. So you can actually order eight more COVID tests for free. Follow Afton at Afton Bain on Twitter. And, uh, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, y'all. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee.